Welcome to the Dream Life and Business Podcast. My name is Sarah Buner, and I created this podcast to share inspiring content and conversations to help you live your dream life. I also believe that entrepreneurship is the way that we can have the time, money, and energy to live our best lives. And so we talk about all things business here too. And just remember, your dream life is always just one decision away. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. And so today I have my friend and colleague, Christy Holt, with me. Christy is a, she identifies as a happiness hussy. Uh, she's an international best-selling author, and she is a fellow podcast host for her podcast, which is called Create Your Happy. It's really good. I've listened to a couple episodes, and I just love your podcast so much. So I dropped all of her links in the show notes. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Christy and her journey and what she does and how Just we're just going to go with organically where we want to go. But then we're also going to dive into Christy's astrology today, too. So Christy, tell us a little bit about being the happiness hussy. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. I'm super excited to be here. And uh, I just want to tell your listeners to go check out our episode of the podcast, which was in season one. It was a super awesome conversation about, uh, what did we talk about? I don't Coach remember. versus therapist. Oh yeah. 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 It was, it was such a good conversation. Actually, it was one of the more popular episodes of that season. So it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, as far as the happiness hussy, that is a sort of a funny term that my cousin sort of jokingly was was basically teasing me for being so inspirational and happy. And someone had kind of had this response like, uh, they didn't quite, they weren't there. They were just kind of like, I see you posting your stuff. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> Anyways, my cousin was like, oh, you happiness hussy, you. Like just out there <laughs> yeah. spreading so much happiness. Ultimately, I glommed onto that because I was like, hell yeah, that's what I am. I totally am. I am on a mission to spread happiness all over the world in whatever way I possibly can. Which is why I'm so excited you're here. And that's what we were talking about when we were just saying, okay, what did we say we were going to talk about? And I was like, I just love your energy and and love holding space for people to experience that because you're right. There's like a sarcastic, I get it too. When I talk about dream life, it's like, people are like, oh, okay. So cupcakes and rainbows. And I'm like, okay, but <laughs> we get to choose our reality, right? So like, yeah, do you want to live in sarcasm, like sad land, or do you want to try to create your best life? Like it's a choice. So yeah, you get to choose yeah. your happy and create your happy. So, you know, I just want to show as many people what's possible, what, what they have the innate power to do. Like you don't, you don't need to get something from outside of you. You create that from within. And I just really want to flip that paradigm because Far too many people are out there trying to achieve something or to get their hands on a material something or to create a relationship before they feel happy. And the truth is it's that's the reverse, right? Right. We create our happy within, and then we attract all of those amazing things to us. Yeah. And it's way easier. Yes. It's funny too, because for, I know you're also the same way of like being a high achiever and a go-getter. My intuition always, always tells me enjoy the process, enjoy getting there as much as being there. Cause otherwise it's like, we actually create this like dissonance between, oh, happiness is up there instead of right yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. not about the end destination. The happiness doesn't lie at the end destination. The happiness is actually in the journey if we get that right. And so that is a big shift for a lot of people and requires a little bit of unlearning, right? Because we right. have been taught 
through our actions, through conditioning, through society, through trauma <laughs> that mm-hmm. are happy lives without, without outside of ourselves externally. And that's frankly, just not true. And so if we can unlearn that one belief, we can unlearn a lot of things and really create the life that we truly desire and the one we deserve. Let's be right. honest. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know what I sensed this morning as I was kind of getting ready for the day is your journey to spreading happiness. Like I could mm-hmm. sense, you know, obviously like for us mission-driven and heart-centered people, we just, we have a mission and we want to make the world a better place. But can you tell us a little bit about how you got to this space of being on a mission to spread happiness? Like, how did you get there? Yeah. You know, if I look back about between five and 10 years ago, I was in a marriage that was not very happy. It was not very, we, we, we just, it honestly wasn't a fit. And it was one of those things where I realized about 12 or 13 years in 12 years, I guess that it was never really working. I was Mm -hmm. honestly living in the potentiality, my head in the clouds and looking at the possibility of what it could be. And I was ignoring the reality and ignoring Mm. what was literally right in front of me. And I was distracted as a lot of people do when they're, you know, not feeling their life. I was distracted by complaining and blaming and Mm -hmm. seeking all of that external stuff. And then one day it sort of hit me. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your show, but I'm a kind yeah, of slippery sort. So yeah, I am too. Uh, it hit me and I realized like, holy fuck, like it's me. This, mm. Mm, this Taylor is Taylor Swift is playing now. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I'm the problem. It's me. I always say that like channeling Taylor Swift mm-hmm. because it was that like, holy shit moment. Right. Where mm-hmm. I was like, oh dang. Like I have been tolerating some stuff. I have been creating some stuff. And I got to do something different. And so while there's this initial moment of like, oh shit, I've done this to myself. There was also this empowering moment of like, well, hold up a minute because I'm also the solution, right? If I'm the problem, guess what? I'm also the solution. And so I took radical responsibility, which is something that I'm like, let's all take radical responsibility for our shit y'all, because that is how we're going to change our experience. And a lot of people out there are just not, they're not doing that. Right. Right. And I get it because it's scary and it's hard and no one likes to be wrong. And we have Mm -hmm. all of this like weight behind all of that. And so we just try and like shove it away. And we've got all the traumas playing into this and all of that too. So we don't even have time for all of that conversation, (laughs) but I realized like, oh my God, it's me. And so I started making some changes within myself. Ultimately, I had to step away from the people pleasing. I had to step Mm -hmm. away from the complaining Mm -hmm. and the venting and the looking at the problems so that I could figure out who the fuck I am and what it is that I want to create in my life, because all of that was just a distraction and it wasn't actually creating what I wanted. It was just replaying on autopilot, all of the, all of the stuff from the past, like on repeat, like a groundhog day experience. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. I do mm-hmm. not like it. I feel stuck. I feel like there's, God, there's got to be something more out there for me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I just decided to start chasing it. I mean, not chasing it, like chasing it. Chase them. Yeah. But right. to actually, the better word would be, I started to create that yes. because I chose how I wanted to show up. Yeah. And when you can get out of survival mode and into like off of that autopilot and get into creating some space you become very powerful to, 
to become and to do and to have the things that you truly want. But it starts with ultimately being yourself. And that I love that because the, you're breaking down some of the things that I talk about a lot as well of, of this radical responsibility of that decision yeah, and owning our stuff. And it doesn't mean that we blame ourselves for other people's stuff. No. But it's, like you're saying, it's in most situations, we have a lot more power than we realize. And it's yeah. first with that awareness. And then, like you said, that decision to create, to do something different. Yeah. When we're like blaming or complaining, we are not in our power. That is not us right. in our power. That is us completely not in our power. And so by taking that radical yeah. responsibility, that is us reclaiming our power. And the truth is you never didn't have your power. You never right. gave it away. It was never gone. You just forgot you had it because right. humans. Yeah. We, yeah. We it's this, a journey. Illusion, right. And so we have all of these illusions going on and mm-hmm. it's easy to, uh, get distracted by the illusions. Right. Yeah. You're right. We could probably talk for like 10 hours about this journey. (laughs) So, so then your evolution, your journey to create your happy, then, you know, I know most of us, when we go through that, it's like, okay, I need to help as many people as possible to do the same thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, how would you not, when you start to, to live a life that feels just so fucking incredible. How do you not want to share mm-hmm. that with other people and show them what's possible? And I recognize now I have this, like the sort of awareness of back then, like, you know, 10 years ago, me, I was like, Oh God, these like happy couples on Facebook. Like, what are they trying to prove? Like yeah. ugh, these happy <laughs> assholes, I would think, right. Like they're so fake. That can't even be real because I was in such a situation where that wasn't my experience. Right. And so it was very easy for me to be a little jaded and be like, oh, that's, that's not real because honestly had been sucked into the lies that relationships are really hard. Mm. Right. Right. And I, I can say confidently now, because I almost immediately after, you know, splitting up with my ex and I honestly was not looking for a relationship. I was adamantly against it. In fact, (laughs) found the most incredible human. We've been together for five years now and it is, Mm -hmm. it is not hard it is actually very easy because we were actually just on the same team. We don't make assumptions about the worst of each other. We mm-hmm. give each other the benefit of the doubt. And we're also both two complete whole humans that came together, not looking for someone to complete us, but rather looking for someone else who completely accepted us. And that has been the biggest game changer in relationship. And yeah, it's just, it can be easy. It can feel like that fairy tale. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. And you know, yes, there are difficult times. Mm -hmm. There are challenging times in life, but your relationship should not add to the difficulty of the difficult times. It should provide comfort in those difficult times. So yeah, Um, I have a very different perspective now on those happy assholes because now I am one. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't help but share with the world, like what is possible yeah. Because frankly, there's too many people out there in a, a, a marriage or a relationship that just isn't working, mm-hmm. but they may not feel like they can face the uncertainty to leave. They may not feel like they're worthy of better. They may be living in a place of, I don't know, religious restriction where they feel terribly guilty about the mm-hmm. idea of divorcing. And the biggest thing, I talked about this recently on my podcast and an episode actually was called, why can't you just leave? 
incredible episode, but trigger warning, big time up front about my guest. Um, the point is that the, the biggest issue that we often face is our commitment, our commitment to that relationship. And so even mm. when we've been living in the sky, living in the dreamland of what could potentially be, we sometimes can end up ignoring reality because we're so committed to making it work. We don't want to fail. We don't want to all of these mm -hmm. things. We don't, the people pleasing comes in again. We're like, oh, what will they think? What will they say? Right. <sighs> what do you mean? I know it's in your podcast episode, so I'll go listen. But what do you mean when you say the biggest issue is the commitment? Well, when you commit to someone, yeah. right, we often view that as like, we're in it. Right. And especially, I think if you have like any kind of religious background and you'll feel mm -hmm. like you've made a vow, you've made a promise yeah. And it's so hard to come back from that promise that you've made, even when faced with the reality of well, this just frankly is not working, we will hang on because we made a commitment. Now, of course, it's funny that there are plenty of commitments we make and we do not follow through in any right. shape or form. New Year's right. resolutions being one perfect example of yes. all the time, <laughs> but that's, that's a little bit different. And then I think it's also interesting because so many people don't take vows very seriously. I mean, we can we can see from the stats that divorce mm -hmm. rates are, well, they're not low. They're not, no. it's not a small number. It's a pretty big number. And people just aren't taking that commitment quite as seriously, maybe as they did years ago. Maybe that's a good thing mm -hmm. because people do grow, people do evolve. And while I am not promoting divorce, although someone recently uh, hopped into my DMs and sort of said, it looks like you're promoting divorce. Hmm. Hell no, I'm not promoting divorce. But what I will say is that I don't want to see a single woman stay in a marriage that is not healthy and not happy right. simply to avoid the divorce. Nobody takes this shit like lightly. Divorce right. is one of the hardest, most challenging, difficult, heart-wrenching, grief-inducing experiences that one can ever have. So no, I don't take it lightly. I'm not promoting it. But if it's the best thing for you, hell yeah, I'm going to support you through it. You know, what's interesting too, is it's directly correlated to what you were taught. I know you know this, but just drawing, I'm yeah. just drawing out, I'm externalizing what I'm thinking about radical responsibility for self. And there's been this theme coming up and it is in the astrology right now with my clients. We've been talking about toxic loyalty, whether it's to a partner, to your family, to a job, to a business partner of healthy loyalty is where we include ourselves. But anywhere yeah. we have to consistently betray ourselves, that is toxic loyalty. Yeah, I love that. And so I think that ties into, I, I've been thinking a lot about the idea of unconditional love because I believe it. I've experienced it yeah. I feel like, and experienced it on a daily basis, but so many people don't believe it exists. And recently I asked on Facebook what people think, do they believe in it? And I would say a lot, a lot of people said, yes, but... <laughs> only with my dog <laughs> oh, okay. only with my child huh. and I thought that's very interesting because first of all if you're going to say you can't with another adult but you can with a child like what is what is let's the difference go one there? layer deeper yeah right? like what is that what, yeah what is the contrast between your child because frankly mm -hmm. these kids don't listen right they're they're as much boundary <laughs> crossers as any other adult let me tell right. you I have four teenage boys in my house they do not respect the boundaries. Yes. But also people have a, a misconstrued perception about boundaries too. They think it's yeah. a wall. They think it's cutting people off. They think it's a limit to keep people out. And the truth is the way I view it is actually an invitation into your inner circle. Mm -hmm. Now people choose to take it or not. 
-hmm. And ultimately the responsibility is, is on you to respond in accordance with the boundaries you've set. And so if you've got people crossing it, like your kids, it's up to you to maintain that boundary and, and repeat, communicate and be very clear. Yeah. And then the other part is that people don't actually communicate their boundaries. They think it in their mind and then people cross it and then they're pissed off and triggered by it. But if you didn't communicate it clearly, right, that that's on you. That's part of this radical responsibility and standing up and saying, this is who I am. And this is what works for me. This is what allows me to feel amazing. And I recently read uh, Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart. And I'm sure I feel like you probably have read it. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, I'm a Brené fan. so incredible. And I, but I loved how she talked about boundaries being the way that I can love you and me at the same time. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not saying it exactly in her words, but that is an idea that I think more people need to hear, right? This idea of it is ultimately about loving you and unconditional love doesn't mean you're letting people walk all over you. No, exactly. no, no. It has nothing to do with tolerance. It has nothing yeah. to do with any of the, the boundaries. It, it can't exist without the boundaries. And so when people think unconditional love, well, I can't love another human because I have expectations and I have these conditions that need to be met. But what if, this is my ponderance question for you all today. What if those things, the conditions, the boundaries, the expectations are not actually part of the love and those are two separate things. What if you could detach all of those stories and conditions and limits and rules that you have around love and just feel the love. Now you yes. can love people from afar, right? You don't have, they don't have to be in your inner circle. You can just, this is unconditional love is, oh, that person over there is not a fit for me in my inner circle, but I can love them over there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. And it's, you're talking about conscious relationship. Yeah. And I think about Actually, boundaries. It's like, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's actually the topic of my next book (laughs) it's about getting unstuck in relationship and okay we spoiler it's gonna be lots about the relationship with yourself because ultimately Mm -hmm. that's the foundation of every single relationship that you have in the external world and I don't mean just with other people I mean the relationships you have with money or food or your body or your business right Everything depends on that foundational relationship that you have with yourself. And I know a lot of people be like, well, you know, you don't have to love yourself to be loved. And that's true. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, if you do love yourself, that love goes like sky high because it, the love that you are giving is actually the love you're experiencing. And so instead of trying to seek to receive love from other people, if you can seek to love yourself and let that just overflow in abundance, you will experience all of the massive, incredible love that you have been seeking outside of yourself. It's not out there. It's in you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. You know, I, I feel like that saying of like, you have to love yourself before anyone can love you. A lot of people get stuck in that or like Mm -hmm. they fight it. And I feel like when it's said that way, it, it, we're we're distilling it, right. We're missing the, what you're talking about. And it sounds like what your book's going to go into of, yeah, you can be in relationship and love somebody and have someone love you. But it, it kind of goes back to that radical responsibility thing of when we take full responsibility for our lives and our dreams, and then we say, okay, this is what I want and need in my life. Not even like a boundary, like hard way, but like, this is the life I'm creating. And we invite partnership in that, whether it's our yeah. like p- actual romantic partner or friends or colleagues, like even right now, right? Like inviting people in that have that, I've got chills actually. <laughs> so I'm moving my hands a lot and I think I'm moving the energy, but it's like that 
it's a whole different frequency from what we're talking about with like the, do you feel it like the boundaries of like, you have to be this way and I have to love myself first. It's like a lighter, more conscious space. Absolutely. This isn't meant to be like some, like people talk about like doing the inner work. Now let's be clear. Work in this sense shouldn't feel like work. Yes. It is taking action more than doing work. And by taking just the steps, honestly, to get to know yourself. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Like how can you create a life that is actually for you if you don't know yourself, right? right? This is, this is where we really get stuck. And in my marriage, I, I definitely, I call it just a momitis, this idea where you become a mom and you get really so like busy with the kids and the family and doing the things. And honestly, people pleasing and martyring all falls in this category. And I call it just a momitis because there was a lot of years where I was like, I don't, I don't know who the fuck I am. I am mom to three boys at the time. I have a bonus son now. (laughs) go me who figured that was going to happen. <laughs> Not this girl. Um, but I, I really, I lost track of who I was mm-hmm. in all of the doing. Yes. Right. In all of the distraction of keeping up and trying to keep everyone around me happy. And I really mm-hmm. realized because I've always been pretty happy and I've always, in fact, my ex accused me of seeing the world through rose colored glasses time and time and I time. I that too. And <laughs> you know what? I've, Fuck yeah, I do. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. So, Mm-mm. you know, I think that's actually a really good thing. Now I'm, I'm not completely like head in the clouds, like not viewing reality. I have a pretty good perception of all of the things, but when I can choose <laughs> to feel amazing or feel shitty, I'll tell you which one I'm going to choose time and time again, because right. well, frankly, we're not, we're not here to suffer. We're not here to struggle that that's a lie that you've been told. That's, that's all part of that illusion that I'm talking about. You're actually here to feel incredible, to have the experiences. Ultimately, I I believe we are the all that is, or God, the universe, whatever source you want to call it. To me, the terminology is irrelevant. We are, we are a piece of that, having this glorious human experience and we get to choose. This is our free will, right? What we choose, what we want to live out, those experiences we wish to create. Only the survival mode situation does tend to get in the way sometimes. It, <laughs> yeah, but it's part of it, right? It's like, then. yeah, but we do have free will then to say, okay, what next, what next, what next? Yeah, yeah we feel like we don't have free will if we're just kind of on that autopilot, yeah. right? Waking up day after day. And that was definitely me five to 10 years ago. I was waking mm-hmm. up every morning already overwhelmed and anxious. Like, oh my God, like, here we go again. Like, I'm so tired. Like, ah, all the things mm-hmm. felt like it was a groundhog day. And it didn't feel like I had a choice. It felt like life was happening to me until I really started to take this personal responsibility when I had this aha moment where I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> that, <laughs> that really shifted yeah. things. But then I stopped thinking, oh, my God, all these things are just happening to me and I don't have any choice. I realized mm-hmm. I have a hell of a lot of choice. I just wasn't standing in the power to make it. Right. Yeah. So when you coach people through this, what are some of the first things with when people are saying, whether it's from motherhood or career or sometimes like helpers and healers, my favorite thing to tell people is you could never help another human in the world ever again. Who are you? Right. So when we get back to that, who am I? What are some of the ways that you recommend people to start? Well, the biggest thing I would say is to step into the observer role, because frankly, Mm. we are so trapped in the illusion that 
our mind and our body is who we are. We get so trapped in the illusion that our external identity is who we are. And none of that is who we are. We are actually the awareness, the consciousness, the observer, the witness, the noticer. I don't know. There's so many words that we can use. You know, it's funny though, is as you're talking and I know this is, we're just sharing the audio, but I'm, I can see Christy in the, um, we're in a zoom meeting right now and your aura, every time you said that your aura would like it, like grew. Right. So it's like validation of what you're saying of there's that bigger consciousness is who we are. Yeah. And so when we can, it's like zooming out a little bit to observe, Oh, my, my, this mind is, is busy thinking. This mind is having these thoughts. This body is having these physical sensations And honestly, what my book is about is not getting sucked into the spiral of that, which is so common when we're living in survival mode, especially Mm -hmm. we will have a trigger thought. And I don't mean trigger, like it's going to be, it just a thought that triggers the process. It could be Mm -hmm. good or bad, I suppose, but we don't generally get too fussed about our positive spirals. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Although we as humans do have this tendency to scale it back down if we start feeling too good, because there's that, but anyways. I digress. So bringing ourselves into this observer position, this means we're not stuck in the meaning making and the stories and the judgments and all of these things that are not, they're not us. They're not, they're not who we are. Cause I, you know, I'm not a big fan of labels. And so every time I'm like, Oh, I'd like to introduce myself and tell who I I am love at the root of all of it. I am mm. love, but that doesn't make sense to people mm-hmm. <laughs> right off it. the I bat. <laughs> but that, that, is, that is the one label that I will actually claim is that I am love. I am a drop in the ocean and the ocean simultaneously at the same time. But we get so trapped in those labels of mother, uh, employee, solopreneur, maybe yeah. uh, sister, daughter, friend, whatever it is. And we we're externalizing it. And again, that, that is feeding into this illusion that everything out there is more important than what's in here. And so when we can step into that observer role, we can shut down those spirals before they take us off in a crazy, you know, wild emotional shitstorm, basically. And we can come into the present moment and decide, how do I wish to show up? How do I wish to create this right now moment human experience because this is where your power lies in this moment and within yourself oh I love this and it reminds me of what you said earlier I can kind of get a glimpse into your journey of realizing that you were getting stuck in the past in the blaming and the meaning making of the past and it feels like there were probably several moments it's like a gradual shift but started to build up of does this serve me now yeah Right. And it was this, really yeah. a, a great deal of curiosity yeah. to just yeah. look at those things. And that can be scary to ask mm-hmm. yourself those questions. Is this relationship still serving me? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I worked with a therapist around the time where I was really questioning and really struggling in my marriage. And one of the exercises she had me do was to create a list of qualities or characteristics of an ideal relationship. And I'll tell you what, sir, I had a hell of a time putting that list together because I knew what I did not want. That Mm -hmm. was very clear. I could pick and pull all this, this, and this, I do not want, but to put that into 
a want list of how that would actually look, I struggled. I had a hard time mm-hmm. flipping it. I had a hard time owning that flip. Yeah. I had a hard time. My self-worth was just holding me back a little bit in that way where I wasn't quite sure a, that I was deserving of having that. Mm. And B, I also, this commitment to my marriage was really in the back of my mind saying, I don't think he can be this for me, or I don't believe in given the current, you know, the situation at the time, I really felt like "Uh, if I say I want this, I'm basically saying I need a divorce. And that was so hard for me to come to that place. Yeah. So thankfully my therapist at the time, somehow by some kind of miraculous wording, (laughs) made me realize, thank God, (laughs) made me realize that I can want those things and it doesn't have to mean anything. Right. Right. And so I can just desire to have that. It, it may come from him. It may not, but I can still desire to create that for myself. Right. And yeah, so that creating that, that level of detachment from all of the meaning that I had allowed me to create this list. Mm -hmm. I this back into this incredible partner I now have who showed up about two years after I made this list, but literally like the day that my house sold with my ex, like that weekend was when I met my current partner. Like I That's said, it was not so home. wild. And so but it was interesting. So quick. It yeah. was so quick when I was not expecting it. Yeah. And you know, all of those things on that list and more is what and it we didn't have come created. from the, I need to be completed. <laughs> Definitely not. Cause I was like, Oh hell no, I don't need, I don't need no man. And I, <laughs> Frankly, at that point, you know, I'm thinking I'm a mom of three, three young boys. I, they were like eight to 10 ish at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I don't have time. I literally Mm -hmm. felt like I don't have time for any more nonsense. And so it's actually really interesting when I started seeing my current partner, I was just like, listen, here's my (laughs) list of my boundaries. And there was, there was no question that what I was going to tolerate and what I wasn't going to tolerate. And so that actually set such a, a very clear expectation of what I needed and, and creating those boundaries. And he knew I was not messing around. <laughs> so he didn't dare, yeah. you know, I, and, and to be honest, the most, one of the most endearing parts of it was when I would express these boundaries, he would respond with like, of course, like who would treat you like that? Oh, and so I was like, oh God, you're such a good one. Like, I guess we'll keep you around a little bit longer and explore this a little further, even though during that time I was really like, I don't really want a commitment, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. couldn't deny it. Kept just kept building and growing. And well, here we are, we're almost five years together. And it's honestly like the best, the best five years of relationship in my entire life. Um, we still can't keep our hands off each other. And it's just, we have so much fun and have such good, deep conversations about stuff. And we've both been on this incredible spiritual journey, this awakening journey, honestly, you know, I, I, it's just been, it's been a wild ride and I am just so grateful for all of it. I can't wait to see where we go next, I guess. I love that. I love it so much. You know, this does pair, there's a couple of things, places I want to go with this. One is that it's very connected. This conversation, I feel like it's going to relate to a lot of people or is that the right English for that? I don't know, but people are going to resonate with that. That's the way to say that because there's an energy this year. I saw it in like January, February. They were like, seriously, like, I think like 12 of my clients went through this like relationship thing where they're like, I cannot do this in this way anymore. And I really think that it was a way, way preview of the summer. I'm calling it hot girl summer because it's Venus retrograde. 
So Venus retrograde is actually a lot like what you're talking about with your book. Pop astrology will say it's about relationships. Like it's, it's like dating time, it's whatever, but it actually comes back to our identity to self and what world am I creating? There's also a couple other things going on in the astrology to, to amplify this, but we're seeing, we're just going into the shadow of this retrograde and it's the least common retrograde of all of the astral bodies because for whatever reason, the way it rotates when it happens, I think the last one was like 2018. A lot of people go through that, like amplified summer of like, who am I shedding old skin, but it reverberates in all of our relationships. So there's a lot of people was the year that I split up with my ex. (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. And and met my current partner. See, and that's, so it's really interesting to watch how all of that goes. And we'll look at your chart too, to kind of peek at where like Venus is going to be in your chart. But the thing is, and I think about my relationship with Jeremy, my husband, he and I have been together, I think around 12 or 13 years. And we met super, super young. We're like 22. And like, if anybody told me our story, like as I was like a therapist at the time, and I'm like, if a client came into the room and said, this is their relationship, I would be like, oh no. But we like moved in together like two weeks, like knowing each other for two weeks, we just knew moved in together, made some weird excuse of like, oh, I guess we have to move in. And then within like three months of knowing each other, we're like, let's have a baby, right? And he was like a pizza delivery boy at the time. And I was like, just at my last year of grad school, like fostering cats. And like, it was just such an interesting time. And then we got married. I um, We had Evelyn like three months after that. And um, he deployed when she was six weeks old. And until she was 13 months old. And so it was like this huge trial, right? And this huge thing. And then when he came back, he had already gone to um, the police academy. He's a police officer, which was very hard for my progressive self to like reconcile at the time. That's a whole different discussion. But (laughs) since the beginning of our relationship, there have been so many times where it's like, I cannot do this this way anymore. Because being a police wife, being a military wife, you know, being a 22 year old that got married where you're still kind of, you're still, you don't know who you are yet. Your baby yourself. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it reminds me of this quote that I heard, um, went back in my therapy days. There's an old guy that said, I've been married seven times and all to the same woman. And I really believe the only reason he and I are, are still together. And we have such a vibrant, amazing relationship now is because when shit gets hard, we are willing to say, I'm not going to do it this way. So how are we going to do this? And we're both committed to supporting each other and being the happiest that we can be. And so it's like that detachment from some of those older paradigms of, well, you're stuck, right? Well, you're just a mom or just a police wife or just a whatever. And we'll say, okay, how do we do this? How do we move forward next? And that, and it's not always easy, but it's that radical responsibility and that unconditional love that we're both dedicated to the highest timeline for both of us. And he's not super spiritually. I mean, he is a little bit just from being around me, but like, he's not the super, super like into spirituality awakening stuff, but it's just, we're both committed to forward growth and supporting each other. And it's all of what you're talking about. So just reminding people that exactly what you're saying, sometimes divorce and splitting is the way sometimes it's, it, it, no matter what the end result is, when you say, I am no longer going to betray myself. Yeah. That's, that's the one. 
right? Yes. Because that is what shifts things. And yes. I've had clients make that shift and revive their marriage, yes. like, like new. Yeah. So divorce is not, is not the, the goal. The, right. the goal is coming back together, refreshed and renewed, but that does take two people that takes two people willing to yeah. continue growing together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to do again, I'm going to say the work, but again, it's, it's really this like inner self-discovery journey yeah. that is the work. Yeah. It's, it's like the curious questions. reflection. Yes. Yeah. That's the, the work. It doesn't have inquiry. to be like this. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then to me, it's like having conscious conversations. So the last big time Jeremy and I went through this, we were like, okay, we've got to figure this out. And there were so many conversations that weren't, like you said, we were on the same team. Yeah. And we weren't attached to it had to look a certain way. Yeah. When we get our egos out of the way, we can be a lot more productive, right? Yeah. When, it's not like we want to eliminate our ego. And I see a lot of people talking about kill the ego and eliminate yeah. the ego. Actually, what we want to do is like, just bring that ego in and give it a big old fucking hug right. and just reintegrate it with us. So that it is working in our, in our favor yes. because it's actually intelligence yes. is our, our mental capacity to be incredibly productive and creative when we're using it for that. Right. And if it we're can not, serve the higher purpose. Yeah. 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 If oh, we're not, if that. we're letting that go on autopilot, it's probably going to sound a lot like an inner bitch. Yes. It's probably going to sound very scary and very fearful driven, yes. but we can change that. Thank goodness. Yeah. And then I, that's what Oprah talks about is ego can also like, it serves the soul. It serves your mission and we can work together with that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like just bring it in. Right. I think a, a big piece that's really missing from a lot of mm-hmm. things that we're doing out there is self-compassion yes. and this, this acceptance Yeah. because, and I love Kristen Neff's work on this is absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. We have been taught, raised in education system to seek self-esteem, which is entirely based on external validation and doing. Yes. And so this is what literally is keeping us stuck in this, this external seeking of the happiness and the acceptance and, and and the things that we're looking for when the truth is that is all an illusion. It's not out there. It's actually within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so self-compassion is what allows us to unlock that. Yeah. And I think people are afraid to, (laughs) because they think that, you know, it's gotta be a certain way. They, They, I have so many people believe that they can shame and guilt and trash talk themselves into motivation that it it literally blows my mind because if they take a moment to step back and I've had a client even say this to me she's like well I just thought if I just really like you know shamed myself a little bit more that I would actually do the things that I needed to do in order to lose weight and then as Mm. soon as she said it she was just like Oh, that sounds ridiculous. Like sometimes <laughs> yeah. we just need to get it yes. outside yeah. and hear what we're doing. And sometimes just bringing things to the light just literally mm-hmm. makes them dissolve right. and we have a new awareness. And so this compassion, this acceptance, so many people are afraid that they might become complacent or they might worse become assholes because, <laughs> because they're going to become so self-centered, but self-care isn't selfish. And so mm-hmm. we gotta, we gotta destroy that one. We really do need to care for ourselves. And the truth mm-hmm. is, I think humans have this innate desire to care for and give to others. And that is yeah. a beautiful thing. And how do we become our best at our best capacity to do so by caring for ourselves first? 
this, this allows this abundance, this overflow, this, this gift to be given with ease instead of all the overgiving and then the resultant, you know, resentment, bitterness, frustration, yeah, all, all the bad things that we feel when we're like, oh my God, I'm giving so much and I get nothing in return. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been there. So yeah. I speak, all my stories are from my personal experience yes. for the most part. I, I'm very human. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> but you know, what's interesting as you're talking, I get this like deeper layer of it gets to that core of, am I a good or am I a bad person? Right. Because think about it. If we're taking care of ourselves and we deeply believe we're good people, then there is no, it's not like, oh no, what if I give to myself and then I become evil? You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's like, if we've been programmed to think that we are bad inherently, then a lot of us have been. Right. Right. And I really, if you look at most, cause you know, Jeremy being law enforcement and he's like into he, his specialty is like, he's trying to become a homicide detective. Um, and he's on major case squad. So we talk about like, yeah, stuff like that all the time, like good and evil all the time. And it's like most people, people who are doing bad, evil things, it most of the time comes from pain and trauma. It's not the essence of who they are. And then Morgan Freeman has two documentary series, one a story of God and one a story of man or something like that. And in one of them, he was asking, is there true evil? And he was making that same point, right? Of like, we're all really good humans when we, the darkness comes from pain. And so then he's like, well, what about, you know, serial killers? And he interviewed a serial killer. And the guy said, well, I should be in jail because I don't have the part of my brain that empathizes. So I shouldn't be out there, but isn't that inherently good? Like, he's like, I should be in here. You know what I mean? So it's like, we're kind of digressing, but it really comes back to that soul connection, that divine connection, that once we connect to that higher self, that connection to the divine, to the light, then it's like, oh yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. Then we it's can neither have good nor bad. Right? right. And that's just, that's just right. a judgment. And this right. kind of like the, the, the necessity of taking what is theoretical and creating an experiential knowledge from that. Right. And so we need to, you know, take it from a a concept and give language to it in order to give it, you know, certain meaning. And so that requires us to make judgments, good, bad, right, wrong, black, white. Right. And the truth is those are all just judgments and none of them is, is all of it and nothing at the same time. Yeah. It's the duality. (laughs) I've heard the quote for every great truth, the opposite also exists. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like it, it is still human ego to be in this conversation of good, bad, right, wrong. But when we're yeah, doing that inner absolutely. inner work and when you're working with those thought pieces, that's where I like to bring this in to challenge those negative thoughts. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but yeah. Anyway. And I, I think love we're all, so you know, much. as humans doing the very best that we can with the resources yes. and understanding that we have. And if you yes. looked back those people that are super messed up have probably had an immense amount of trauma. Mm -hmm. Everything that's happening is coming out of our past experiences, like every moment. And so when we can start to expand our perception to include the possibilities that other people may have experienced things differently, which is a process of awakening, I suppose, just recognizing greater perspectives, expanding our Mm -hmm. our perspective we can start to see why some of these people are quote unquote 
you know, creating bad behaviors because right. they just literally don't have the tools and resources to, to see it differently. That, that right. is the product yes. of their probably quite unfortunate past experiences. Right. And these are such extreme examples, but I think it distills back to, oh, why can't I, if I just shame myself because I'm, this thing I'm doing is bad or wrong, but if we can replace that with that self-compassion and I always think about, okay, so what is that undesirable behavior? What's the function of that? How is that actually serving you? And then how do you just replace it with something that feels a little better? Yeah. Then that takes away the shame and guilt piece. Yeah, absolutely. Because when we can just shift it a little bit, right, we are going to see ripple effects. They're going to actually even, even those small changes within ourselves, that's how we're going to change the world. I agree. Right. Because that ripples out, that is going to impact the the, the people around us that we interact mm-hmm. with, the people that we're sharing that with. And mm-hmm. how can that not ripple out? Like exactly in a colossal way. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love this so much. Yay. Well, with our time left, do you want to hop over to your chart, your astrology chart? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so I, let me share screen. I know you guys can't see it, but I'm going to share screen for you and I to have this conversation. I know you were saying you heard (laughs) that in midlife is when abundance comes in. Is that right? There's something like that. I remember reading something somewhere in my chart, something about my my success and abundance would be coming in midlife. So my question, Sarah, ultimately is, are we fucking there yet? Like, (laughs) yeah. And you know, that's where too, the way that I look at astrology is a little different than, than some, because sometimes we can look at some of that and I'll, I'll see what we can find from that. But also it's kind of like, I remember a couple of years ago when I shaved my head, (laughs) um, And I do that like every like five to eight years. I just like cut it all off because it annoys me. Um, I accidentally planted this belief in my head of like, oh, I can't succeed again until my hair is long. I don't know what I was like, no, no, no. So I had to do all this energy work because I like put that idea in my head and I did fine, but I had to deal with that fear the whole time. Right. And so I just released an episode with my friend Neha because we were looking at her chart because somebody told her not to like do anything, that this is going to be a really hard year for her. And so one of the ways that I like to use astrology is for like self-awareness and self-reflection and, and all of those kinds of things and validation and like more of like a mystical curiosity kind of thing, but also it's coming back to radical responsibility and, um, you know, free will and, and all of that, that especially with money and abundance and those things we all have. And I think it's all being kind of like dredged up right now of like, wait a second, I could literally be making 10 times the amount of money than I am right now and making that decision. Just like you said, with your, your healing journey that yeah. I, and we'll look and see if there's anything in here that kind of mirrors some of that. But to me, it's less about when does astrology say I'm going to be rich. And it's more about yeah. when am I going to decide that? And also the money mindset around that of like the, we really do have to get rid of this collective belief that money is evil. Yeah, because okay. money is an energy; yeah. it's an amplifier. Because yeah. that collective, and even if we get rid of it, that fear of like, well, if I want more money, will people think I'm evil? Right? Will people think I'm bad or that I, especially as us helpers, it's like, 
well, if I want more money, but I'm a helper, people are going to think that I'm just trying to make money, but they can actually coexist because when we allow ourselves to have more, we can actually serve more, right? So like you and I sitting here at 9 a.m., well, at least in my time zone, chatting about whatever, okay, (laughs) early on a Monday morning, but like, you know, that freedom to do what we want and that hustle all the time comes from abundance, right? Like that is, we can, and we're doing this for free. Like these are like really, you and I both have not to toot our own horns, but like a lot of inner work and journey and experience, but here we are able to share this for free. And it's because of getting out of survival mode. So I invite anybody who's like, okay, when am I going to get rich to remember that it's literally a decision followed by aligned action. And that's actually why, you know, over the years, you know, I will, I love astrology. I love human design. I love life coaching and stuff like that, but my heart goes to money and abundance for helpers and healers, because I really believe when more of us allow more in, we're going to be able to hold more space, create more change, support more people, offer more, offer more things. But if we're burned out or broke or bitter, we can't. Right. We've got to do things in a sustainable way so that we we can maintain it. It doesn't break us in the process. Exactly. And think about even when we're living in that joy that, and so it's, it it is about, it's not about the money, but it is about the money, right? It's, uh, there's a Michael Scott quote from the office. He goes, (laughs) what did he say? Well, I'm not in this for the money, but it turns out the money was kind of a big deal, right? Like, (laughs) So for me, like the things that light my soul up are traveling and me too, but also just like taking walks in nature and because of just how I am, like not having a boss telling me what to do, right. Being able to buy the foods that I want, have my fluffy dogs, right. Like those things bring joy to me and that requires money. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, also as a projector, and I know you're a projector too, yes. there is this strong desire for, for just rest and fulfillment in that rest. And so it's like finding that balance in a world that tells us to go, go, go. Right. Exactly. And so that, that has been part of my journey as well, leaning a little bit more into the feminine yeah. energy because yeah we've been conditioned to go, go, go. I used to be a, a professional accountant, if anybody would believe that after listening this part of the conversation. <laughs> um, but I did that for a little while. Yeah. And uh, let's just say one of these things was not like the other yes. and I didn't really fit in there. And so, yeah. you know, being, being my own boss is, is a thousand percent. It's my jam. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I started in um, biomedical engineering and sequencing DNA is the same thing. <laughs> it's like so, so different, right? Um, so when we look at your chart, honestly, right now, what I, I want to see where hot girl summer is going to happen. Well, let me look at, so where I look for abundance is like, I look at Jupiter and I also look at the second house and I look at the eighth house, um, mainly because, so Jupiter is our expansion, right? So Jupiter is almost, it's not the feminine, but it's like, it's the abundance that comes in. And then Saturn is the structure, right? So the Saturn is the structure, the the things that allow us to receive abundance. So one really quick example of that is like, if you want to have clients, you have to have a way for people to book and pay, right? So the clients are the, the, the attracting is the Jupiter. The Saturn is like the booking and the receiving money. So for you, so Jupiter's in retrograde and Saturn's in retrograde. So what that tells me, so my Jupiter's retrograde as well. 
And the way that I make sense of that, and again, this is where we can have different meanings to this, but it's like an inward expansion brings your abundance. Right. So that I sounds honestly, accurate. right. But I Just honestly don't our see, conversation. <laughs> right. I really don't see anything that would indicate like in midlife, this is where your abundance will come, to be honest. Like it might have been more like it. success than abundance. Okay. I think it was more like success, but yeah. I mean, do you remember what what aspects you were looking at? Not a clue. <laughs> I know very I little that. about astrology, like yeah. I told you before. I have yeah. run my chart and read the odd thing, but like yeah. literally don't understand a thing about the the actual chart or how to yeah. read it. So yeah. And so we can do that. I'm being guided though to ask you, what's your profile in human design? So you're a projector, but two what four. are your numbers? Two, two four. four. I could feel your four for some reason. I don't know why. Um because here's what I, this is what's really important. So let's start with your big three. Do you have to go right at time? Nope. Okay. No. Um, so your big three, let's start there. So your, your sun sign obviously is Gemini. So happy birthday. When was your birthday? Wait, February. am I looking at the right chart? Why does it say your sun is in Gemini? Oh, that's the sun right now. <laughs> <laughs> look at me so okay so this the sun is in gemini okay that i was like wait a second where is your sun so these green ones here i'm using astro.com if anybody's interested these are the transits right now your sun is in your 10th house up here okay in aquarius there we go yeah you that, actually oh go ahead what do you say I, I said that tracks yes yeah there <laughs> yeah. we go i was like wait a second february um okay so you have what's called a stellium in your 10th house so our so your mercury your sun and your Mars are all up here in Aquarius in your 10th house. So the 10th house is like our career, our public role, our public life. That is like, when I look at that, that would have me thinking, okay, there's a lot of action up here in your career. The sun and Mercury are literally together. Like they're literally conjunct at 20 degrees Aquarius. So your career is about speaking in that very Aquarian visionary way. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so something else I don't love. So I love the idea of feminine and masculine, but I feel like it's different than being a woman or being a man. Agreed. So I think here it's really important for you to remember that that masculine energy of action and moving forward and all of that is part of your public role in public life. Yeah. And so that's really exciting. So this would tell me that if I didn't know you, I'd like you're a visionary, you're communicating big visions and taking action is a really big part of that, which that's you, right? Yeah. I mean, that um, makes sense, right? It's like just yeah. defining the balance, I think, right? And not focus too much on the action, but creating, creating, yeah. taking action for sure, but creating space to receive as well. Yes, because your Venus is over here in your 10th house and it's in Capricorn. So I'm sorry, your eighth, eighth house. We're recording yeah. this on a Monday and I did not drink enough coffee. Basically, <laughs> your Venus in your eighth house. So our eighth house, I like to call it the mental health house, but it's also where shared resources are. It's about like inheritances. It can be about debt. It can be about receiving money. So the way that I would think about your Venus in your eighth house in Capricorn is to, there is going to be this dance of 
I put it, it's like a little bit of a friction of the more it's really important for you to tap into this feminine receiving energy pieces and to not see it as like um when you're struggling with it it's in your chart like it's right there in your chart so like for me I have something in my seventh house around relationships and boundaries and stuff so what helped me with seeing my chart was like oh I'm not like messing up because I'm having boundary issues especially as a projector (laughs) this is in my chart so my soul gave me this aspect for a reason so how can I deal with it more consciously so rather than like oh I'm struggling with receiving I'm struggling with allowing I'm struggling with that it's like why would my soul pick this struggle this balance with the feminine how do I tap back into that in a very uniquely me way as a source of abundance and receiving in all ways? Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like also with human design that ultimately it's like a permission slip. Yes. To be, to be who you are, to be who you were designed to be. Right. And so it it maybe highlights some of those things that we thought, Oh, like I just, I suck at this or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or this is a weakness because society has conditioned us and told us that some yes. of those things are weaknesses. But when it is actually part of your your being, your plan, your design, that yes. that is like a giant permission slip to just I embrace that. that part of you. I love that word of it, like the the permission. That is yeah. so good. Yeah. I love that. So I'm being guided to bring so there's I usually start with the big three, but I'm coming down here. This is your North node. So nodes are where the eclipses happen in the sky. There's two spots. There's a North node and the South node. When eclipses happen in the North node. So right now we're just, we have one more eclipse up here in Taurus, and then we're moving into Aries officially and they kind of dance back and forth and then keep moving. Um, But for you, or for, um, North node and South node, when we have a North node, it's like the influx of energy. It's like an amplification of energy. It's, um, it's like the, if you think of a dragon, it's like the head of the dragon, right? And Mm -hmm. then the South node is the tail. It's the release. It's when we have eclipses in the South node, it's like a detox energy, a release energy. So we, about a month ago, I think it was like a month ago, we had a South node eclipse in Scorpio and it was the last Scorpio South node eclipse. So a lot of people experienced a huge detox, like a huge energy hangover for like a couple weeks there. But then as people allowed that to happen, the next chapter came in of like, oh, this is what I'm doing next. Mm-hmm. So we just went through that. But when you look at your own birth chart, the North node and South node and South node would be up here for you. What it shows us is actually what we're here to to learn in this lifetime where we're expanding And so the North node will show you that. And the South node will show you if you believe in past lives, where in the past you already were successful. And it's where it's much easier for you to be in that than it is the North node energy. So your North node is in your fifth house. So the fifth house and it's in Virgo and in yours is almost conjunct with Saturn retrograde. We'll get to that in a second. So the fifth house is all about creativity, expression, sexuality and sensuality, intimacy, but it's really like living that vibe of creation, like that sacral energy. I know for Mm -hmm. us projectors, that's always really interesting, but like that sensual creation expansion energy is so, so key for you in this lifetime. And in Virgo, (laughs) yeah. 
And the way, so I have a lot of Virgo in my chart. The way you do that as a Virgo is it's much more um, grounded, earth-based. Like it's much more like earth signs are about literally right in front of us, our physical earth experience. And also sometimes that feels like a Virgo energy in the fifth house also feels like, how do you create and make something physical? So like your book writing, right? And like those kinds of tangible goals are so important for you. So your South node would be in your 11th house in Pisces. So that would indicate, so this is like our good fortune. This is like community aspects. This is how others view us that, that you're just naturally really good at community building and and that kind of energy that you've probably had many lifetimes where happiness and good fortune and all of that is a thing. And in this lifetime, it's about, okay, so how do I create? How do I bring these things into reality that I truly want for me? Hmm. So this is a much more about you um, life path, like service, but through you first. Yeah. Which ties very much back into our conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it also is your human design. So yeah, this, if you have a smaller number first, it's like a two, four, it's the interpersonal or intra, I forget which one they call it, but it means that this lifetime, it leans, I believe all of us are here. There's two paths, there's self, and then there's service. All of us have that. If the, the first number is smaller, what it means is that it, this lifetime leans more towards the self, right? And allowing yourself to live your best life and then serve from that space. Whereas if the first number is bigger, mine's a five one, what human design would say is that it's about service first mm -hmm. and then self is to support the service. Hmm. That's what human design would say. I always resist some of this human design stuff, but for you, that's in your astrology here too. So Hot Girl Summer is going to go through your fourth house. Our fourth house is foundations. Like if you think of the number four in numerology, it's like foundations. It is like home life. It is for you. It's also going to be around like, how do I want to grow in my abundance? Because it's like the Jupiter's in your fourth house. So how do I want to feel abundant in my home, my foundations and the basics of life right here and it's really close to your moon so your moon sign is in cancer in your third house so that would tell me so our moon sign is like our psychology so where it is in our birth chart it's like this it's the thing that will help you feel better so like mine's in um capricorn and so like that very earthy like organizing things strategizing things makes me feel really really good for you yours is about um, people like you like to be around. So the third house is like neighbors, siblings, um, like acquaintances, like kind of like hanging out with other people, but also there's like a feeling of like emotions and nostalgia there as well. Does that make sense? I guess that kind of fits my two, four thing because yeah. Yeah. the four is definitely about the peopling. Mm -hmm. And then the two is definitely about I think like the combination yeah. I really over the pandemic have become much more introverted. Yes. I definitely tested as a, a, an ENFJ previous yes. to the pandemic. And I am now solidly in camp INFJ. Yeah, because same. I'm just, I got no tolerance for surface level bullshit yeah. anymore. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah. So that kind of, yeah, that kind of makes sense. The and right here's people. what's funny is this is your IC. So this is like our most introverted part of our chart. And yours is right there by your moon too. So you're right. There's like this dynamic of, and that's the two, four of like, yes, you're a people person, but you need a lot of downtime by yourself. Yeah. And so, and I think, yeah, you know, yeah. before the pandemic, I really drew so much energy from other people mm-hmm. that I didn't know what was mine and what was theirs. Yes. And so the pandemic has also been a bit of a gift for me to yeah. really go inward, to discover m- more deeply who I am. Yes. I love that. And I feel like hot girl summer now is going to give you a space to really dance with what does my foundation look like? It's a Leo energy. It's a like, it just feels like it's going to be a really fiery time and that you'll do some people. It's like, they need to travel. They need to go do things. Yours is going to feel better. Like at home-ish, like more, in, you're going to have a more introverted a more self-oriented hot girl summer than others, which is I'm all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. There's, let's look at one more thing. Do you have any questions about your astrology? Cause we can go a million different ways with astrology. I still discover new things about mine because it is meant to be like a layering of awareness over time. But do you have any questions that we could I could answer today? About a million, but um, I'm not sure which. So I'll just say whatever you feel called to poke into further is probably the right thing. Let me see. Oh, I don't know if I know enough about astrology to formulate actual questions. I, I know what you mean. There's <laughs> like, you kind of like, there's a certain point where you know enough to know, to ask the questions. <laughs> yeah. I'm not there. I love that. Um, Let's see. So let's talk about the eclipses and where they're going to go for you. So right now they've still been, so the North node eclipses have been in your 12th house. So our 12th house is like, it's like the metaphysical house. It's also like, to me, the 12th house is like the endings and beginnings. Like it's like the death and rebirth. So I have a feeling, and it just went over your Chiron, which is like our wounded healer. This is the thing that it's like where we struggle, like death and rebirth energy. But then you have your Chiron in your 12th house as well. But for you, it's going, your eclipses are going to be in your 12th house for a bit here. And so it's like this, it, it death and rebirth like freaks some people out but to me it's like a rejuvenation and evolution I just got an image of like a Pokemon right They're like the caterpillar going into the butterfly so you've got a lot of that going on for the next few years of like who am I becoming who am I becoming who am I becoming what you'll start to notice though is that there's more fiery energy with that there's going to be more because it's going into Aries I feel like there's going to be an when there's the north node eclipses I feel like a big leadership energy of like, this is the way that I'm rebirthing now. This is what I'm doing now. And then in the, in the um, South node eclipses, they're going to be in your sixth house, which is about your, and it has been, it's like your work and health house. So it's like, how is your work set up? How is your health and, and life set up? And like releasing anything that no longer serves you in that energy. So that's going to be moving into Libra. So what's really important for you in the next like 18 months is when there's a North node eclipse, what part of me is sh- like, even though it's 
the North Node and there's an influx, it's in your 12th house. So what can I let go of so that I can step into this next chapter? How can I rebirth myself? And when the South Node eclipses are happening right now, they're in Scorpio. They've, well, they just moved into Libra. So it's going to be, how do I really balance the scales for myself? Really focusing on beautification, meaning like making things feel good and nice and pretty and like that kind of energy. It's like a very divine feminine energy for you. So letting go of things that are keeping you out of that balance, either in work or health. So those are the main themes here for that. Um, yes, I do have one yeah. potential question, just because I'm curious and I, I can't seem to yeah. land on one direction. As far as working with clients, does yeah. there say anything in here, whether I'm best suited for one-to-one -one or group or evergreen or or what? Because I yeah. am... I literally have all of the things. <laughs> yeah. And that's so hard for us projectors. Yeah. That's so hard. I mean, it's, it, it can be right. Cause it's, all of us are a little bit different. What I would wonder, can we take a peek at your human design? Cause for me with yeah. astrology, so I feel like human design gives us more direction in that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and it's funny. Cause I was going to message you this morning about like, Hey, do you want to go to the business stuff? But mm -hmm. so tell me this. Are you comfortable sharing what your goals are in your business, like revenue wise, or do you have, goals? um, you know, I, I am more of an intentions than goals kind of gal. Mm -hmm. So I have more of an intention of enjoying financial freedom and travel and mm -hmm. experiences more so than a number value. But at the same time, I, I fully believe that I have millions in vibrational escrow and, um, I'm I'm welcoming that because like you mentioned earlier, I really feel like that's going to amplify my message. It's going yes. to give me an ability to not just reach more people and, and share that message, but also to do so with like a, a generosity to, yeah. to, to just really be able to give back and to honestly just make a really big difference. And I yeah. think, you know, we need money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, for us to live an amazing life as well and have all those incredible experiences that requires money too. Exactly. And that's where for a lot of helping helpers and healers is what I call it. It's, we don't like to say like, oh, well, I want to make, you know, a million a year or 30K months or 10K months or 5K months. We don't want to put a number on any of it because it starts to feel transactional or like we're dehumanizing our clients or, it's like, to me, it's like, I feel like my journey is God given. So then it's like, I'm putting a number on God. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I just feel like it's not so much about the number mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the the number doesn't directly, you know, reflect the, the freedom or the experience. So right. I don't, I don't know what that number specifically mm -hmm. is, but I know what the experience I you know what it feels looks like. And feels like, yeah. You know, yeah. Do you have a right arrow for your specific, non-specific in human design? Do you know that? Are you asking? Let me. Yeah. Look. Do you know? I'm gonna pull you. I have up. to just. Uh, I do have my chart. Cool. And I'm pull somewhere up on my computer. Eleven twenty-eight. So. Uh, oh, are you pulling I'm, it up anyway? I'm gonna pull it up too. Okay. Um. So here's my thought with numbers. I can't multitask. I'm trying to multitask here is when you're looking at numbers, 
in business. Hold on. I'm going to pause this for a second. Let me pause. So when I'm, oh, wow, you know, such an interesting projector chart um, in a cool way. Like, a, <laughs> I love it when people are like, oh, wow. And then you're like, is that a good or a bad thing? Okay. <laughs> so what I'm looking at here. So on a human design chart, there's four arrows, right? And so there's a lot with these arrows actually, but what I was thinking about specifically is your bottom right arrow. This is whether we're specific or non-specific manifestors. Mm -hmm. So I am a non-specific and my daughters are specific. And so what human design would suggest is that if we're specific manifestors, if it's going left, that in, again, in past lives, if you believe in that, if you don't just let it go, um, you, your job in this lifetime is to learn how to control your abundance or like to in specifically bring your abundance in is the way to put that for right arrow people for non-specific like myself, it's to let go of control, which is mm -hmm. even more fun. Um, so that's where I was going with that. We can talk about your chart with what kind of business is a good way to go, especially as a projector. But here's how I think about revenue goals in business is that if you go to the universe and say, for example, like the strategy piece, we can get to in a second, the business piece, but from a spiritual or energy perspective, if you go to the universe and say, Hey, I'd like some pizza, right? If you call Domino's and say, I'd like some pizza, they're going to be like, okay, what kind and how much, and when do you want it delivered? Right. And so because of good intention too, right. Of like, a lot of us don't want to put a number on it because we also know it's not just about the number, right? It's not about like, once I reach 30K months, then my life is like, it's, we know that money itself is not the end goal. Money is, is the tool that facilitates the happiness, right? But what happens is, is if we don't have those goals, people experience the ups and the downs or they bring in a lot of money, but it's not in a way that's aligned. So they'll burn out or and ask me how I know, or we don't make enough to actually support our dream life. And so what I like to do with my clients is say, okay, because it's also like, if your goal is 5k months, the business model and the frequency and what you're doing is very different than 30k months, 50k months, 10k months, all of them have a different strategy, but also just speaking law of attraction and energy. If you call the universe and say, I'd like 30 Piece, or 30 pizza pies, I don't know, 30 pizzas, right? Versus I want one, then your intuition can actually align, your vibration can actually align to that desire. So it's not just about the money, but for example, if you were saying, okay, I want to make consistent 5K months, people can do that as a one-on-one -on -one provider. If people want to make consistent 30K months, you will burn out or not ever reach that as a one-on-one -on -one provider. So what it does is start to help us to manifest a specific strategy that allows us to serve others. So with, when you think about that, and again, it's not, you're not beholden to this number, but let's just play with it. What would be a fun, consistent revenue goal per month that you well, feel like would support your dream life? I will also say that I, I do specifically have on my vision board from hmm. like 2021, 10K months yeah. and have not come close to that yet. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I guess that's why I am sort of hesitant to cling on to that number because it just honestly leads to disappointment when I think about how long I have been visioning for that. But I would say, you know, my, my vision there was to get consistent at 10 K months and Mm -hmm. then maybe 20 K. And I, I honestly, I'm not sure that I feel a strong need to go much further beyond that from here where I'm standing right now, who knows things can. Yeah. And that's, it's like that goal trauma can happen too. Hmm. And oftentimes that's where I feel like having an aligned business model can support us in getting there much more easily. I actually feel like it's easier to have like to manifest the bigger goals than it is the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is, but it's probably just mindset too. So tell me this, the next place I would go is if we're looking at, so what do you like to do? What's fun for you? What lights you up? Oh, deep conversation, definitely, which is mm-hmm. absolutely why I have the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love seeing people gain new awareness, which yeah. is why I am so passionate about sharing inspirational posts and yes. ideas for people to reflect on. That's why I've written books. Yes. So yeah, I guess mostly sharing sharing my experience in order to create new awareness in others. Yeah. Deep conversations. Just, Yeah. So there's a few ideas here and I know this is, we probably can't get into it all the way here, but when I'm thinking about that, so there's a couple, there's many different options, right? And the truth is all of the different strategies will work once you have one, but they don't all work for our human design, for our lifestyle. How many hours a day do you want to be working? Uh, I would probably like to be working like four hours or less a day. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of time for reading and yes. chillaxing and moving my body yeah. and getting in nature and focusing yes. on my family. Yep. And us, and for, I don't know if this is the same for you, but for me as a projector, working includes like anything I'm doing related to work. Yeah. So. And honestly, right now I'd say that's almost, well, how many hours am I awake in a day? Right. Feels like. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I'm seeing. So there's many different ways you could do this, right? You could monetize your podcast with ads that feels, and it's, there's that you could do, what's your current offer suite? Uh, I have a number of different offers and they're sort of a range from like $17 for Uh evergreen stuff up to 5,555 for a six month one-to-one package. Uh Because that's what I feel for you is, one thing I know about, one thing I've sensed with projectors, at least right now, is the best way to reach 10 to 20K months is to focus on one major signature offer. And it doesn't mean we don't have other stuff, right? Especially like evergreen, yeah. like it's really great to have like, um, you know, passive income products or whatnot, but having one major offer and scaling that. Because that really helps our energy because everything we create, even like the passive income products, it's a frequency that you're bringing into your business that requires time, energy, and money to maintain. So what I would say is having one group program and maybe one one one-on-one coaching package and focusing on those two. And if I had to pick one, it'd be the group program. Like when you're talking, what I think about is 
you could have a three-month or a six-month radical responsibility program that has modules in it. It has a blend of some one-on-one -on -one sessions, but it has group coaching and supporting people in that. And that could be a high-end offer. And that's where a lot of the work I do is, is coaching people on making sure that the value that you're providing is actually like worth that, right? And so- yeah. If you think about the value of people learning to become radically responsible for their future and how transformative that is, that is totally worth a high-end price. And then it's just a matter of how do I create a, an aligned strategy to bring those people in? And so my recommendation would be to start playing with that and envisioning no, I do, that. I do actually have a group program, which just wrapped up last week, which was running as a beta offer because I wanted to test it and I wanted mm -hmm. to test it sort of quickly. So it's not going to be a three week program in the future, but I wanted to test it before summertime mm -hmm. and it's called authenticity unleashed. And it is uh, really, ultimately it is about radical responsibility. It's stepping into being more authentically. You, it is a program that is designed specifically for people pleasers to overcome people pleasing tendencies and to step into creating the life that they desire. So I do have this program. I'm just right now that now on the tail end of it, trying to figure out well, what the hell do I do with this yeah. exactly yeah. going forward? Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. See, and that's where I would keep leaning into that. And what did you price it at? Uh, I made it an absolute no brainer at $111. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It definitely won't be that again. Yeah. Cause that's where <laughs> What I'm seeing for you is like a thousand or two thousand dollar offer. That there's modules that that people pleasing is a piece of it, but I can sense that you know that there's like people pleasing, and then there's radical responsibility and self love, like everything you've talked about, even in the podcast. Yeah, you could put that into a program, and then it really is. There's a lot of money mindset that's coming up. There's a lot of like I can feel all of it too, right? Because what I'm also seeing is it's a process. It's a journey that you're guiding people through that is life-changing. And so, sure. yeah. So as a and projector, that's what I would say. Go ahead. I feel like the, the people pleasing component is really honestly more about the marketing to the people who are struggling with, with the people pleasing. And ultimately the teachings in the program could also apply to someone who feels like they have perfectionist tendencies getting yes, in their yes. way, right? Or has an inner critic, inner bitch. Right. Right, right, so right. That's really more about like the marketing than about mm -hmm. the teachings and the programs. They'd be applicable for a lot of different things, really. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. I love to help people with relationship. That is sort mm -hmm. of my end vision is to really help people who are struggling in the relationship to to move forward and create the relationship that they truly desire and deserve. Yeah. And I just really discovered that a lot of people don't have that because they're stuck in people pleasing mode. Exactly. So yeah. that's why I kind of went on that angle because ultimately I want to, I want to speak to people and help them with their relationships via the relationship with themselves. See, and I feel like that is so powerful. And something else I will say here is for us projectors, we can't see our own genius very well, <laughs> right? So part of what I do is I have to like verbally process with other people so that I can see what I'm doing. Yeah. And I do ask for feedback. Like when I'm struggling with, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step? I'll tap on some of my current clients and be like, okay, what has been helpful here? 
what are you seeing? What, and like that reflection, right? And that also like, like when I have an offer, it's like, okay, what was the piece here that twist? Like, what did that do for you? And how did that help you? Because that helps me to refine what I'm doing yeah. and keep, keep going with that. But these are that's yeah. such a, I would say that's the way it, and it doesn't matter if it, if there's one-on-one in it or not, but one program main program as your signature thing that you focus on is what I would recommend as a projector. Yeah. So. Yeah. My, my real thought was to, to tweak this. I'm still awaiting mm-hmm. feedback because yeah. it has just wrapped up. Uh, but I'm hoping to get some good feedback from the participants and then use that to figure out how to, how to, what changes I want to make to make it even more awesome. And yeah, then that could potentially maybe lead to -to one-to-one coaching after the group program is done or, Mm -hmm. or perhaps a, a hybrid type program. I just haven't quite figured that out. Yeah. It was a small group. So honestly, it kind of was a little bit like a hybrid program, I think, yeah. because it was a really, a really tight knit group. Yeah. And I think too, I'm, I'm hearing, give yourself permission to make it as a unique hybrid as you want it to be. Yeah. And, um, I'm feeling guided to say when you, what I like to do with programs is what problem is this solving? And then coming back to that, like in, how do I put it? It's like, once you have a problem you're solving, you can really discern what's in it and what's not, or how do I want this to look? What parts are recorded? What parts are group? What parts are one-on-one? And play with that until it feels really, really good and juicy. Yeah. So, yay. Um, I love your chart. You're a splenic projector too, mm-hmm. which you probably know that. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. It's listening to your instincts. It'll come up once. But the other thing too, is when this is defined, we're much more prone to go into fear energy from like that survival mode. So one of the greatest things when we have that spleen um, defined is to write out our fears and do exactly what you talked about with your therapy, like flip it. Yeah. And then, and go from there. So this is so exciting. I feel like we could keep going forever. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Um, are there any last questions about all of the things? Uh, nothing that I can think of at the moment. I don't think. Okay. Here's the last thing that I'm being guided. This mm. So, and this is two, four, right? But your digestion, meaning like not only with food, but how you'll process the world is through peace and quiet. And I feel like your astrology said the same thing, you know, and human design is based in astrology, but with your moon down here near your IC, in that two, four energy, if you want to process just getting that peace and quiet is so, so key. And it's very interesting in a household with four boys <laughs> and a dog, we, we co-parent all, yeah. all of our kids. Yeah. So we, I feel like we live two lives. Ultimately yeah. one yeah. week is complete chaos. There's like rarely a moment of quiet. And I, I literally feel like I'm going nuts because the overstimulation and the noise, I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like, I just, I can't think. Yeah. And I I now actually really completely understand what my parents meant when they said they couldn't hear themselves think. Yeah. And I was an only child. So I don't know what they were talking about. This is another (laughs) level. That's great. And then on the, on the flip side, on the week when we don't have the kids, I'm just like, Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I can focus, but it feels really like a challenge to be flipping back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. 
and trying to do anything on that week and, and subsequently with summer coming mm-hmm. I feel like with kids home all day every day is is going to be virtually impossible to really like get focused on things yes. because there's just always you know being Stuff. pulled in a thousand directions yeah and a lot of noise like we've got just four teenage boys with I swear they they walk around with a device in each hand <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious and then it's probably yeah I I'm like feeling the overwhelm as you talk about it but that's also where when we look at astrology I actually think it's really fun to look more at the transits or what's going on in the energy forecast right now. So right now it's really about, so the Saturn, Saturn retrograde started Saturday. And so whenever Saturn goes retrograde, Saturn is the planet of structure limitation. It's also the planet of like, sometimes like where we'll receive no's, right? So like um, having our like boundaries or walls or whatnot, when Saturn goes retrograde, a lot of boundaries and relationships can get kind of murky, but also mm. like relationship to time. Like whenever it's Saturn retrograde, I'm like, what day is it? What month is it? When was that? Like it, that it gets a little foggier, but it's also a really great invitation time to say, is my life set up in a way that allows me to bring in my abundance, right? Is, are my boundaries and my relationships set up in a way that allow me to be sovereign or have my own life. And so for you specifically, yours is going through your 11th house, which is all about good fortune, but also community space. So for you, I do feel like just intuitively, it's how do I retreat even when there's chaos around me? And that that's a very personal journey you'll be going through for the next few months, several months. So, and it, again, it's, it can feel a little murky, but it's all there to serve everyone. And I feel like you're already on point with the work that you do and the way you see the world of how do we have space for ourselves, even in relationship? Yeah, absolutely. So you're on it. Yeah. Super important, honestly, yeah. to, yes. to be whole in yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yours will come up in like, I get this like frat house energy of like the chaos, like not the drinking part, but just like the guys all around doing their own thing. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing either. It's, but when you're feeling dysregulated, it's an invitation to find that calm. Mm-hmm. Does it say anywhere in my chart that I have come here to like learn some deep, great lesson about patience? Because that <laughs> feels. <laughs> I think that's your projector, right? Like projector energy is just so. Um, well, we can see things like we can see things so well. And it's like, why is this yeah. happening right now? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, come on. Can't, why can't we all just, can we all yes. just see this already? Yes. Like, come on. I love this so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I know we could keep going, but I don't want to keep you here all day. Uh, this has been so much fun and yeah. um, I'll put it in the show notes, but where can people connect with you if they are feeling called? Yeah, I mostly hang out on Facebook, but you can find the link for my Facebook and for all of my book and podcast and everything else on my website at coachchristyholt.com. Love it. Well, thank you for your time today. This has been so much fun. It has been. And again, anybody, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I do offer the astrology and human design readings, and I also do have a few really fun offers coming. Um, Some are already available, like my VIP days for business. But my jam and my focus going forward is really to help helpers and healers 
build businesses that allow them to thrive too. And I've got some really fun stuff coming up. So if you need any help with that, just feel free to reach out. I'm happy to help you make an aligned business space that serves you as much as it serves everybody else. So thanks for joining and we'll be back again soon. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Dream Life and Business podcast so that you're notified when new episodes come out. And remember that your dream life is always one decision away.